not one part of the strategy gone Development, it's all we envelop in telephone A wealth of intelligence Unless you're selfishly embellishing all of the championships Basking it in, let's study in the conferences Pac-12 and Big, 12 and the 10 SEC, ACC, win, 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 win all right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is Debbie Owner's Manual, episode 16, your source of knowledge for Debbie, strategy, and Debbie players on fantasy football landscape. You can find their Twitter, find the podcast on Twitter at Debbie Manual. So real quick before we get going here, a special thank you. We haven't done this in a little while, but thank you, Chris Allen, who is at Chris Allen, FFWX, and Adam Wildey at AP Wildey of the Dynasty Owner's Manual for giving us our start, and then now we're also on the DLF network, so... Thank you guys very much. Uh, first up, I want to introduce my co-host, Andrew. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Had a busy day at work and ready to talk some Devi, some OG Devi at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Speaking of OG Devi, we have, geez, this is like, this is um, heaven for me, man. I, I can't believe to, we have you on here, Ryan. Uh, Ryan McDowell, you say hi to everybody, man. Yeah, yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me, guys. Glad to be yeah. here. Yeah, this is like... I mean, when I first found out what Debbie was, it was through the Fantasy Life or, uh, yeah, Fantasy Life podcast, you know, that now with Justin and Travis, and they had you on one of their yeah. earliest, earliest episodes, and you were talking about the kitchen sink leagues, and I'm like, what is this? You know, like, <laughs> wow. So how did, how, did, how did it start for you, Ryan? Like, what was your first? I think I've heard, like, mixtures of stories and things and, you know. Sure, just as far as playing Debbie specifically? Yeah, and, like... Yeah, just kind of how, how it sparked your interest and how you started, you know, playing it and getting it in and introducing it into your leagues, I guess. Sure, sure. So um, really pretty early on in my, I guess, my time playing fantasy football, I um, was really active on the, um, on the football guys' message boards and got to know uh, Steve Wierimski over there, uh, who would go on to uh, ride at DLF along with me. But Steve, um, Steve had some leagues called Backyard Brawl Leagues that, uh, that he was starting up and um, joined one of those. And then uh, actually uh, the league had already started and then they, they had an open, an open team. And he asked me if I wanted to play again. I was, I was really fairly new to Dynasty at all at that point or to fantasy football. Um, but was looking always looking for active leagues, just like we all, you know, we all are, and jumped in there. And then I found out it was a Devi league, which I had never heard of. Um, had really had no idea what it was. Um, so pretty quickly, of course, found out that that involved college players. Uh, the the backyard brawl leagues were uh, were shallow Devi leagues, so there was there was only a one round. Uh, Devi draft and there were some some strict rules in that format I know there's that's one of the great things about Devi just like Dynasty is there's so many different wrinkles to the, uh, the scoring and the and the format that just that affects player value but uh, in this league the players had to be draft eligible and uh, and again just the one round so it was super shallow but at this point I couldn't. I probably couldn't name a handful of college players, so I was, I was definitely intimidated uh, by the idea of uh, playing using college players. Uh, luckily, though, I ended up with the first overall pick, and I did know enough to 
to know who to take. So that I took Adrian Peterson. That was uh, that no. was 2006. And yeah, actually, just kind of thinking about that, uh, I went back and looked up the draft. It's it's pretty interesting, and I, I think it's probably you know it's a good reflection of of what Devi is because there's some big names that uh, that were you know ended up being great values, and then there's players that you just say, who is that? So uh, I took Adrian Peterson. I don't know if you guys want me to run through the whole thing, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So I took Adrian Peterson first. Second pick was D'Angelo Williams. Of course, I would, I would say that one worked out pretty well. Yeah. Uh, third pick was Lawrence Maroney. Mm. <laughs> it, it started out, it started out well. He had that yeah, one. He run. was fun in college. Yeah. yeah. That, that one preseason run was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, the USC guys went four and five. So Reggie Bush and Lindell White, uh, four and five. And then 1.06, I want to see if you guys know who this is, Wally Lundy. You know Wally Lundy? No idea, man. <laughs> Blank stares. Yeah, I think he – I believe he was a running back from Virginia, I think. A couple other busts, Gerald Riggs Jr., Michael Hart. He was a Michigan running back. I Matt Liner. Yeah, Matt Liner went nine. Lionel Hamilton went 10. Uh, Michael Bush, Leon Washington, former Jets running back, PJ Daniels. And then here's the real, the, the total steal. Marshawn Lynch went 14th. Wow. Dang. Yes. Yeah. I've got, so, I've got two things to add to that list. And one is for my grandfather who will listen to this. I swear for every year that Michael Bush was in the league, my grandfather said it was Michael Bush's year. <laughs> Every single year was Mac Michael Bush's year. He's nice. Like, oh, broke his leg. He'll be coming back just fine. That's one year. Then next year, oh, it's just Oakland and Jamarcus Russell holding him back. Next year, <laughs> oh, it's uh, Carson Palmer's fall. Yada yada yada. And it was every year was Michael Bush's year. Yeah. And secondly, Brady Quinn was in that Adrian Peterson draft, so I'm really disappointed that he didn't go in the first round for somebody, even if quarterbacks are supposed to go late still Brady Quinn yeah that's uh this was actually a one quarterback league so the, uh, I, I would have taken a 101 the Matt the, the Matt liner pick was was I don't know maybe a stretch at that point but uh anyway so that that was my introduction to to Devi in 2006 I gotta uh, say that the Michael Hart one stings because he's the one that started the little brother bullshit for Michigan State, so. Oh, okay, yeah. That's <laughs> Ignore right. Dwight. Right. <laughs> I, I have a special place in my, uh, I'm not going to say heart, but yeah, for Michael Hart. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so, I mean, the, I guess I, I played in that league for, um, gosh, I'm not still in it, but I probably played in that league for 10 years. And, of course, just as, as time went along, obviously you have to, if you're going to compete in a Devi league, you need to at least pay a little bit, uh, a little bit of attention to college football. So as the years went on, I, I tried to follow it closer. And um, it, of course it became less intimidating. Uh, obviously made some good picks, made some bad picks. I remember I took Andrew Luck in, in the Devi draft one year and then joined a couple other leagues just in, in the years after that, that included Devi. And, and one of them was, a little bit deeper. I think there was a, a two or three round Devi draft. So that, you know, that kind of took things up a notch for me. And, and then when I started the kitchen sink leagues, which, <clears throat> excuse me, that's been 
um, I guess that's been six or seven years ago now. Basically, I wanted to take all of the the different rules, different formats that I enjoyed from my different from all of my leagues, and and kind of roll them all in one. And Devi was certainly a part of that. So uh, that's that's kind of where it's born, or where it was born, and and it's taken off from there. First draft you did is kind of an illustration of what we talk about, you know, and Debbie that, that, you know, as good of an Debbie expert as you are and as much college football as you want, a lot of these guys don't pan out, you know, and um, that's why a lot of people, you know, when you mortgage your future for Debbie players, you got to be careful because they don't necessarily all work out. So um, do you, do you like have a strategy when you build a Debbie roster? Like how do you like try to stay like in the like draft eligible the year after you go for freshmen, like, and then do you do you have like a strategy or not just kind of like what how do you play i guess yeah yeah i mean for me i i really do pay a lot of attention to um to eligibility and to that that wait time you know how long do i have to wait to get this player on my uh, on my nfl roster so typically i am looking to uh, focus on players that are draft eligible that that next upcoming year uh, yeah, I mean that's it, it. It's not a it's not a hard and fast rule for me. For me, uh, I will take. You know, I'll take freshmen or, or sophomores or whatever if if the value's there. But in general, um, certainly going towards the guys who I can get on my roster sooner. Right. A lot of times it goes down to value. Those guys are going to be a lot more valuable. You know, those ones that are one year out, and then the farther you go, it's tricky. So. Right. Yeah, you, so, yeah, I mean, sometimes you're weighing, you know, I've got this second tier prospect that I can have next year, or I have this five star freshman who, who really knows, right? I mean, we, we look at those recruiting ranks and things like that. We look at their, at their situation in college, what we think it will be. But um, I mean, it's tough enough to pre- predict NFL success, right? Like, uh, none of us have really mastered that. But then when you bring that down to college and, and the game is honestly, it's so different. Uh, obviously there's way more, uh, way more players, way more teams. It's, it's tough. Right. Oh, absolutely, man. I, I don't know. I tend to, I, I'm kind of all over the place. I, I do go off of those highly touted freshmen and stuff. And yeah, it probably does. I've only been really deep, deep in Debbie for three years. <laughs> so I'm still kind of, you know, formulating a strategy and things like that, but well, when it um, when it really, you know, when it really hits, when it really pays off, it can pay off big. Uh, I know one of my buddies in the that's in the kitchen sink leagues. He will go for those those highly recruited freshmen, and usually they're a lot cheaper. We it, the kitchen sink leagues are Devi auctions, so um, a lot of times he'll get these five star guys for for a dollar for the minimum, and then he'll just have to wait. So the the weight paid off last year because he had Saquon Barkley in multiple leagues and he cost a dollar. Right, that's what I did. Like in the Pigs League, I always try to grab a couple of those guys late, you know, like those, yeah, the five-star guys that, you know, when everybody's already got the Jerry Judys and the, you know, the Trevor Lawrence and stuff, I'm grabbing guys like Spencer Rattler and Garrett Wilson late, you know, stuff. So, yeah, they are a lot cheaper, but you do have to wait then. I have like a billion questions, man. We, we get like so many questions about setting up Debbie leagues and things like that. And 
Are there, like, this is kind of a vague question, I know, but are there any issues you encounter as a commissioner that are tricky because of Devi Leagues and, like, things that you ran into that, I mean, I've heard some of them on the commission on the commission impossible because I listen to that religiously, but I don't know if some of our guys listen to that. But I feel like Debbie definitely can make create like a whole different set of issues as a commissioner. So, are there any things that you can think of to kind of help somebody that wants to set up a Debbie league? You know, like sure, yeah. I mean, it can be tricky early on for sure. I, I mean, I I will plug, you know, I'll plug my fantasy league here because you are able to manually create those players and and add them to the system and and that's what i do for um for my devi leagues i've i've seen other you know other leagues and other commissioners use use placeholders and uh, then bring in google docs and things like that which which is fine you know it's really whatever works for your league but it's a it's a pretty easy process to create those players and add them to the system and and honestly that's that's really the only work. So once you, you know, once you get the, the players in the system, then it's uh, whether you're doing a draft or an auction, um, everything else is, is pretty straightforward. I guess, you know, some decisions to make, like, do you want to use a taxi squad for those players? Uh, that's what I would recommend. You've got some choices. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, the league that I started, they had to be draft eligible. So you've got that choice to make. Do you want to, limit it to only draft eligible players or basically open it up to any college players. I think that's pretty much the norm at this point is opening it up and any, any college player is eligible. I've seen some leagues that basically have no restrictions, meaning you can draft, you can draft anybody. If you want to draft a high school freshman that you, you know, saw on YouTube, go for it. Uh, (laughs) To me, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, But Wait, shut <clears throat> <Sorry. laughs> up! That's some, something in my throat. I, I took over, I took over a league, Ryan, and someone had drafted a twelve-year-old YouTube sensation, and I'm uh, like, I don't want this guy on my freaking Debbie squad for eight years. Good lord! No, <laughs> was no, it David Sills back when he got that scholarship offer? No, is Booby something or other? I don't know what the heck it was, <laughs> but I'm I, I had to look him up, and I'm like, he's twelve. Seriously? So, uh, yeah, I remember uh, there was there were people drafting Barry Sanders Jr. when he was in high school. I remember that was a thing. I and, remember following his recruiting. Like yeah. I was I was still in high school and I just remember like just being like, okay, so then he's at Stanford and then he talked to this school and it's like he's gonna be the next thing and my grandfather would always remind me, he's like, Yeah, Michael Jordan Jr. went to UCF and Illinois and yeah, he's not doing anything now. He's like, it doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah, we all we always chase those those guys. I mean, I mentioned the uh, the player in the that first Debbie draft of mine, Gerald Riggs Jr. Um, I mean, his dad was very successful NFL NFL back. So we ju- we chase those names yeah. sometimes. Elijah Holyfield was a recent example of that. I mean, yep. everybody's like, he's Evander's son. You know, he's got this bloodline. You know, and like, you, so. just for a second, like not to yeah. not include you in this, Ryan, but you can get a laugh at this. Do you remember when we started doing Devi Owner's Manual and my dumb ass said I'd rather have him than DeAndre Swift? <laughs> yeah, I remember Just that. to be different. <laughs> that was a quick some... learning experience. I, I have some sound bites saved up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, side question, Ryan, that I don't think we have down. It's my fault for not talking to Dwight because I never do on the show sheet. And that's just my trademark between that and eating on the show, which I'm not doing right now. And um, is there a player that you – remember picking 
just laid or kind of just taken a whiff at and really hitting a home run? And then is there anyone that sticks out in your mind that you took early and gambled on and then just kind of pulled an RG3 even? Um, yeah, th- there's a couple that stick out, and um, I-, I wouldn't really call it a-, a major win at this point. I certainly wouldn't, actually. But So I'm in, I'm in one league that is uh, that's just a really deep, really deep Debbie draft at this point. Uh, we have 10 rounds every year. You know, when you do that over and over, it just compounds. So I don't even know how many Devi players are rostered at this point, but it's it's a crazy number. Um, but once you, yeah, once we get deep in the draft, seven, eight, ninth round, you're you're really just kind of digging for guys and and for names. And I found myself on a Tennessee uh, message board, University of Tennessee message board, just looking for some players to take late in this thing, and and I took this. Uh, this Juco transfer that everybody was excited about, Corderell Patterson. And, um, and of course, he had a huge year and, and um, went on to be a, a pretty high draft pick. So, obviously, that didn't work out like, you know, like we, we thought it might or we hoped it might. But, I mean, I always, I always feel like I was probably the first person to draft CP in, in a fantasy league. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know if I want to put that on my bio or not, but um, – <laughs> Uh, that one kind of sticks to me as you know sticks uh, in my mind um as far as spending early picks on guys um i mean last year at this time i was taking anthony johnson a ton i took him in the first round of of that same league that i'm mentioning um i got him in a couple of the kitchen sink leagues and those those devi auctions and and that looks like it's probably not going to work out so you know, it goes back to what Dwight was saying at the beginning. There's, <laughs> this is wide open, right? I mean, we can look at at a list of the top twenty Devies right now, and these names are are so so exciting, and you want them all on your roster. But this time next year, or two or three years from now, um, you know, if half of those guys are relevant, it would be a surprise. Yeah, Andrew and I were both really high on Anthony Johnson. Actually, we thought he was. Yeah, I loved really, Anthony Johnson. Yeah, I loved yeah. him in Mobile. I loved him before Mobile. I, I did say, I mean, I was high on higher on Tyree Jackson than some, but I did say I thought Anthony Johnson made Tyree Jackson look as good as he did. Yeah. And apparently, the NFL agreed with that as well. I mean, both went undrafted, but I think I think Johnson's definitely in a better situation just because Tampa has so many unknowns outside of Godwin and Evans. I mean, Perriman could pan out either way, and. I just think Johnson – I mean, Florida got a couple good receivers drafted with Preston Williams in Miami and Johnson in Tampa. So, And it's interesting. Wide receivers, all it takes is one big game, and then they start getting penciled into game plans. So I'm, I'm still holding out hope. Yeah, I do I do a lot with uh, Devi player age, um, not just for my own research, but I, I track that for DLF as well. And, I mean, Johnson was not quite an unknown, but he definitely was not – you know, he was not a star – um, even, even this time last year. So his, his was tough to find, but, uh, once I found it and, and actually kind of exchanged some, uh, some DMS with him on Twitter and found out he was, I think he was 23 at the time. So I think he's probably 24 now that was, you know, that kind of began the, the downward slide as far as his value for me, it, being a 23, 24 year old rookie is, uh, is, not not ideal. I I think it was you. It might have been you when I was down in Mobile and I was talking about it. 
I think you were asking me for ages. You're like, I think I it was Andy was. Isabella. You're like, ask Andy Isabella how old yep. he is. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was me. His, yeah, his was a tough one to find too, being the small school guy. Right. I have a, this was a listener question we got on the, the Debbie happy hour a couple weeks ago. And I kind of wanted to rump bounce it off you because I kind of rambled on about it for a few minutes. But what is a uh, fantasy graphics guy on Twitter asked us, what's the best way to add Debbie into a league after six years of non Debbie? Do you have any, like, like, well, how would you suggest going about that? Like he just kind of asked, like, when do you draft? Like, do you have separate drafts? combined drafts like how many i think he means with rookies and things like that and sure like how many spots you know stuff like that so yeah i, I actually think it's it's pretty easy to add to an existing league um, i mean we talk about a lot of things you know changing leagues or changing rules adding things to leagues what have you and and some are just almost impossible you almost just have to start all over i don't think Devi is one of those i think you can add it pretty easily um in general, I am a proponent of separate drafts, so I would rather have a Devi draft and a rookie draft. Um, so because of that, I think it's pretty easy. If you if you're locked in on having them both um, both in the same draft, it, it gets tougher for sure. But I, I would just suggest um, you know you can you maybe start with a uh, a one round Devi draft and and again have that separate from. Uh, from the rookie draft, and if you want to make, if you want to stick at that level, uh, maybe some some of the league members are not quite sold on it or, or a little hesitant. Then you can just do the one round. That's fine. It certainly doesn't dilute the rookie draft very much, I don't think. Or you can kind of have it in the in the plans to expand that. Uh, maybe add a round each year and, and get up to three or up to five, what have you. Right. I thought I was kind of on the same boat because Debbie players aren't going to drastically affect your league right away. You know, not like if you just all of a sudden add IDP, you're all of a sudden, you know, adding a whole different element to a team. Whereas Debbie, you know, it doesn't affect the league for several years. And I think the same thing, I wouldn't go more than two, maybe even three at the very, very most because it's going to greatly dilute the rookie drafts. You're right. So, yeah, I think that's the real concern. That's, that's really people's concern is, you know, the, the rookie draft is going to be useless or there won't be any good rookie picks. And uh, honestly, it's just not the case. Um, I mean, there are – every single year there are rookies that, that sneak through. And obviously it's going to have an impact uh, on the rookie draft. But, I mean, first-rounders are, are definitely still still valuable um, even even into the second and third round. So it, it just I just haven't seen it be a real problem. Right, yeah, I think communication, you know, don't just spring it on somebody and make sure everybody gets a vote and all that stuff. So, yeah, I don't I, I don't think it's that hard at all. Um, this is kind of a weird weird question, I thought. Do you have any ideas that you, you maybe would want to implement, any different things you want to try in, as far as Debbie? And, like, has is, is anything piqued your interest? I know I feel like every day I'm on Twitter, there's a new league idea that I'm like, huh, that's probably why I, I drop 10 leagues every year but want to drop 20 more. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly, same here. <laughs> I've been thinking about this actually because I have uh, I've been trying to come up with a, a little bit of a twist on the kitchen sink leagues and and how that how I could change that um, and start something new. I, I don't know if that's going to happen this off season or not. We're it, it's crazy that we're kind of running out of off season, but I haven't come up with anything yet. Honestly, I, I really like I, 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 these seem to be getting more and more popular. I really like 
the dual leagues where um, people are, are running, playing college fantasy football with their Devi players. And then the, and then those Devi players move up to the NFL dynasty. Uh, I know a few of those were going around a couple of years ago, campus to Canton, I think they were called. Um, there were, there were multiple leagues like that. And, um, I think Travis May has been running some, I'm pretty sure. There's, there's, they're, like I said, getting more and more popular. Uh, I know the Devi Watch guys have been doing some as well. So uh, th- that's, that's a, a super cool format to me, especially if you're already into playing college fantasy football. Uh, definitely, it, it's definitely a twist because a lot of the players that are college fantasy assets are, are not guys that are really – uh, going to be NFL relevant or, or that you would normally target as Devi players. So you've got to kind of find that balance of, you know, getting Hawaii's quarterback or whoever it might be, you know, he's going to, he's going to be great for your college fantasy team and then have no value in the NFL, probably not even make the NFL. Um, and then on the other hand, you've got a guy like Jake Fromm, the Georgia quarterback, who's pretty valuable Devi asset in, in super flex leagues, especially, uh, but just doesn't throw the ball enough to be really valuable in college fantasy. So that's that's a challenging league uh, concept that that I've seen pop up lately. Right, I'm in several of those, and Andy, you're gonna love this. I I had a startup last year where we did that, and my college league on Fantrax went 0 and 13 because I wasn't paying attention to who was the best scorers. I was getting guys that were Debbie relevant. You know, so I think my NFL roster will be great, but I couldn't win a college game because I didn't have, you know, like like you said, Hawaii's quarterback, Army's quarterback, you know, those guys that score a ton of points but are never going to be in the NFL. So I wasn't even paying attention to those guys, and I got trounced all season. So those are – Yeah, I'm, I'm, I would really like to see just huge college rosters for that format. Right. I think, you know, if you have those guys that um, – they're Devi. Just kind of treat them as being on your college taxi squad. I, I think that would that would be great. Right. Yeah. This year in the expansion for that one, I ended up getting a bunch of those guys like Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. You know, like the quarterbacks that can score points, and you know the different guys like that. So hopefully, I don't go in thirteen again this year. That was kind of a tough one to swallow. <laughs> You're like, "You're supposed to be the Devi guy. Why are you getting your butt kicked every week?" Like, sorry. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's tough. It's tough. All right. Just let me see. I just want to get a couple. You know, a couple really quick. We didn't have a lot of listener questions this week, and I want to ask you a couple more on the way out. This one came from FFFL underscore R. He says, how do you value trading vets for Debbie players and vice versa? And do you have any examples? This is something I think we answer on almost every show. You know, everybody asks, you know, what would you trade so-and-so for and -and so-and-so for? And do you... Do you like trading vets for Debbie players? I mean, is it something you do a whole lot of or like, what is your stance on that, Ryan? Yeah. I mean, I, I almost never trade for a Debbie player. In fact, I, I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm not sure I can really remember it happening at all. Um, if, if I get them in the Debbie auction or the Debbie draft, then, then obviously that's, that's kind of the main way I'm acquiring those players. But to go out and make a trade for a guy who just had that big game and, and the hype's crazy, I mean, just just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, I, I do think you can use those Devi players 
that are already on your roster. If you, you know, if you need some help during the season, then, um, you know, those, those are the types of moves that make a little more sense to me. Um, or, you know, if you're seeing something, I mean, there's, there's a guy right now who is on my Debbie roster who I'm starting to be a little concerned about, um, still carrying some value. So those are players you might want to start shopping, you know, before they're a fifth round pick in the NFL draft. Right. There was like a, an example that I had recently of something like that it was in pigs two last year. I was right on the cusp of the playoffs and I traded Trevor Lawrence for like Jameis Winston, Philip Lindsay and uh, the wide receiver. I can't remember who it was to make the playoff push. I ended up making the playoffs losing and now wishing I never got rid of Trevor Lawrence, but you know, <laughs> Yeah, those are, those are tough trades to make. Uh, I mean, I just I just traded away um, CD Lamb in one league, um, in a package deal, and you know he's a guy who's a top ten Devi, maybe you know probably almost certainly a, a first round dynasty rookie pick next year. Um, but I got Juju, so it's it's okay. Yeah, I yeah I like that. And um, Andrew, you got anything on that one? Oh no, I was just gonna let. I mean, I, I still toss and turn about this with um, tried trade we made with Dynasty NFL, Tom Corson, and I gave up, and it was super flex. I gave up in our startup Devi draft. I got 101, which was Trevor Lawrence, for 109, 110, and it was tight end premium as well. Matt Ryan and Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Woo! I, I I didn't have any Trevor Lord shares, so I was like, <laughs> "Screw it, I'll take a overpay yeah. on it." I remember I that. Still, one. I was like, "What the hell are you thinking, man?" <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also I think I got one oh three or four because I got Jerry Judy too, and that was really who I really wanted because oh nice Jerry Judy is bay to me at this point. Right, and then and just one more question, Commissioner McGriff. I don't know who this guy is, but um, he says, "Who is the player in your top five at running back, wide receiver, who has the highest probability of falling out of the top ten? That's really tough. I, I didn't prepare at all for that one. I was prepared for questions about leagues and things like that. So thanks a lot, Matt. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you look at, you know, you look at the top top five, top ten, Devi's right now. I mean, it, there's a lot of guys who feel like sure things, but um, some of these second tier running backs starting to have some concerns about them already. And, and we're, you know, we're a year from them being in the NFL, maybe even more, but um, Cam Akers is one. That's the one that sticks out. Yeah. JK Dobbins is one for me. Um, we actually had, um, we had Ray Garvin on dynasty blueprint earlier today. And I don't know if that makes me feel better that, uh, you know that that my evaluation agrees with him, or, or worse about just the 2020 class in general. You've got a couple guys who are being viewed as as first rounders in that class, and I'm worried about him. He's worried about him. Uh, AJ Dillon is another one. He's a little bit lower lower in the ranks, but yeah, those those running backs, the the shine is is starting to come off. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of 2020 running backs. Like I did my top 10 this week, and I released it, and it's fun. I just I grade and I try not to look at what I'm doing with other players until the end. And I put out my top ten, and I can't. Remember, I think it was Kamish said, "Where's Cam Akers?" And I was like, "Oh wow, he didn't make my top ten because I just I put my grade in and then I go from there." And it's one of those things where 
last year was so bad for him, but it's also a combination of there. Like he said, there's so many darlings in this coming 2020 class where you're really going to have like these guys that are in the top five that can fall between six and 15. And they're either going to be steals and dynasty drafts or rookie drafts, or they're going to be like Wally Lundy. <laughs> well, you know, in, in, in the NFL, I think it's kind of that battle of how long do you hold on to draft capital, right? Like how long does draft capital matter? How long should it matter that John Ross was the top 10 pick or, or whatever? Um, with these Devies and these college guys, it's their recruiting ranks. So how long should it matter that Cam Akers was the RB1 and a five-star guy? Um, now, I mean, he's he's had some success. It's not like he's been right. a to- total bust. I think he I think he had a thousand yards as a as a freshman. Um, but uh, it's all it's also fair to say he has not lived up to that you know that five star status either. So that's kind of the recruiting ranking and the star ranking is is the equivalent to draft capital in the NFL. Right, Ryan, do you, do you sorry? Do you have a favorite college team, Ryan, or is this anybody you root for in particular? Or? Yeah, I'm I'm a UK fan, Kentucky. So it's most most falls or uh, most football seasons are tough around here. Uh, we did we had a good season last year, and, yeah. and of course have uh, have Benny Snell coming into the league this year. Um, but yeah, it's I mean Josh Allen, baby. Yeah, yeah, Josh Allen, obviously a, a good yeah, the defense. It's pretty fun to watch. Yeah, the, the good Josh Allen, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so that's my team for better right. or worse. Yeah, and is there any? Are they, do you have like a favorite college player right now, or do you, do you have anybody that you're like you just love rooting for, or anybody stick out in your head? Or yeah, I mean, I kind of separate it as far as um, you know, UK players that that I love. Uh, Lynn Bowden is a receiver that's that's I think going a little under the radar right now, but he sh- he should probably be um, kind of more in the Devi conversation than he really is. But as uh, overall, I mean, it, it's hard not to root and not just to to not be amazed by uh, Travis Etienne from Clemson, um, and then you know Andrew mentioned Jerry Judy. I'm I'm on board with that. I think a lot of people have. Swift or ATN is their number one overall Devi. For me, it's Judy. It's Rander is too. Yeah, yeah no, I, like I, I, I have to say, as a Florida fan, I'm not okay with Kentucky having a good year last year because a good year was beating Florida. So well, I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we got them early. I know that because they got better as the season went along. Yes, they did. And yes, and I think about that Kentucky game a lot because I'm like, man, if we would have won that, yeah, then it would have been us going against well Georgia whooped us like they whooped everybody but um no it's funny you talk about lynn bowden i have him on my watch list yeah so just take solace in that knowing that at least one other person is looking out for him <laughs> yeah he's he's got some talent for sure so the, i mean the quarterback situation at kentucky is uh i don't know iffy i'll, I'll be nice and say he iffy. flashes i can't remember his name right now and i was trying to but there was times where i, I was impressed and then there was other times where i was like yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's, you know, we had the conversation about Lamar Jackson and about Josh Allen, you know, can they be consistent passers? And it's it's kind of the same same story there. Ryan, you're obviously a Steelers fan, right? No, I'm not. I actually don't have an NFL team. Okay. 
No, I just I, I didn't grow up as a football fan really. Um, so, yeah, never never had a favorite NFL team. Okay, um, I'm off guard by that. I feel like an ass now for assuming. <laughs> oh no, that's fine. Are you are you, because of the juju thing? No, just. Well, that and just it seems I don't know because you're based, aren't you down in Pittsburgh? No, I'm in I'm in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, Ignore me. I don't know anything <laughs> about on, anybody. Man. Ryan's Still a nice bad. guy. He can't be a Steelers fan. Steelers fans are ass. Well, that explained a lot. That's I was <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. No, I, I'm a I'm a Juju fan. Um, I mean, I've um, you know sometimes I cheer for the Colts or the or the Bengals just because they're pretty close, you know, geographically to here, but, or to, to where I am, but, um, definitely, definitely not a diehard, uh, for either of those teams. Um, love Randall Cobb being, being a UK guy. So, um, you know, kind of cheer for the Packers a little because of that. And then, you know, maybe the Cowboys now we'll see, <clears throat> but, uh, no, in, in general, don't really have a team at all. One last question, man. I know you're a big Disney guy. What do you think of the live-action Lion King movie? You guys excited to watch it? Yeah, my kids are for sure. They, I, I'm not quite sold on on any of the live-action stuff yet. I, Thank you. I, you know, I'm, I mean, I don't know. Feels feels a little bit like a, yeah. like a money grab, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, did you I saw, see Aladdin? Um, we did see Aladdin. Yeah. What did you think of Aladdin? Because oh I wait, had, I'm sorry. No, we didn't see Aladdin. Oh, well. Sorry, I'm getting getting them confused. There's um, only ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that's the thing, though. I mean, obviously, uh, I mean, my family is is a big Disney family. My my wife loves it, and and the kids do, of course. But we're like that's kind of the point we're at. We're not we're not even going to some of those. We'll we'll probably see Lion King. They see, seem excited about that, but. Uh, I still prefer the, you know, the animated. Oh yeah, my my kids will watch the live Beauty of the Beast, and I hate it. Yeah, like I, I love the original so much. Like that's, I know it's kind of cheesy, but yeah, yeah, that's the one we saw. That's that's what I was thinking of when when you guys said uh, Aladdin. Now here, Ryan, you get to watch me make Dwight upset and disappointed in me again. I've never seen Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> 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 I watched Moneyball three times this week, though. <laughs> Um, well, here, we'll catch you off guard with this question to end it out, then, if okay. like, we got nothing else. If you're 101 of Disney movies, what would it be versus your Mr. Irrelevant Disney movie? Mm. 101 for me is Mary Poppins. I also have never seen Mary Poppins. <laughs> um I Sorry. don't know. Last last one. I'm not. I'm not sure. There's there's a bunch I haven't seen, so I probably I probably better not say. But um, yeah, I don't know. Huh. I'm not sure what would what would be at the end of the list. I can't I'm a sucker for all the Pixar movies. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. They might. Yeah. My my one on one. I know it's kind. Of, I I love the original Beauty and the Beast. So that's probably my favorite movie i know it's kind of probably kind of silly but um and i don't know if there's one that i hate like I, I can watch any of the disney movies over and over so it's one of those things they're a staple in our house so my one-on-one would be finding emo for the heck of it yeah, yeah. I, I loved it before i had kids and my son's obsessed with fish and 
aquariums and everything, and every fish is Dory and Nemo. And, uh, we're we're near, live near Pittsburgh, and they have one of the top aquariums in the country, so it's always we go the opposite way through the zoo because the aquarium's first that way. Nice. Right. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, with that, um, before we sign out, um, before I give, if anybody's planning a trip to Disney, check with Ryan's wife. Is she is she at Disney Dork? Is that what she is? She is at Disney um underscore underscore dork two underscore yeah. yeah she can help you get a trip plan to disney if that's your thing so that's check right. Her. all right ryan um what are you working on man i know you kind of just got a, a little bit of a promotion as my boss so <laughs> yeah just taking on a new role at dlf as as one of the uh partners and and owners there so uh getting getting kind of a different look at things which has been uh, a fun experience so far um but yeah, continuing to to turn out some content for DLF and for Roto World as well, and uh, and podcast on DLF and Dynasty Blueprint. So yeah, I'm keeping busy this summer. Yeah, and you're helping Scott with the Scott Fishbowl. Yes, and, yeah. Know, that so. can, how's how's your team to, look? I forgot to ask. Uh, you know, it it started out rough. I had the uh, I think I had the nine pick, and I felt like there uh, felt like the top tier was eight deep. Or, or at least I felt like there was a, a tear drop off at after eight. Um, ended up taking George Kittle, which definitely felt like a little bit of a reach there in the, in the first round. Um, but overall, pretty pretty balanced. Um, yeah, I got Devonta Adams and Amari Cooper and Carry uh, On Johnson, a couple couple quarterbacks that are going to start. So yeah, I like it. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm sure that means I'll. I'll uh, have a terrible season. But. <laughs> That's usually what it means. If we like our teams, they're they're gonna yeah, stay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Andy, what are you working on, bud? Um, I, I might have something fun I'm doing tomorrow. I, I won't know if it's gonna happen until after it happens, if that makes any sense. But um yeah, if it does happen, it'll be for <laughs> coast to coast scouting and it's I, I am excited and nervous at the same time. So not to get too TMI, but I got the confirmation that I was going to do this and then had to go to the bathroom because I got so nervous. So it's 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 going to be fun. It's just one of those things where we got to see how it pans out afterwards and we'll go from there. And if not, I'm just a big giant tease and I don't do anything impressive. Yes, thank you for that minute of vagueness, Andrew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, and you can find me on Twitter at FF People's Champ and working writing for DLF. I'm working on still working on this huge Debbie IDP article that I might get done sometime before I turn 44. That's my goal. And uh, that's next month, right? No, not till June. You can find this pod at Debbie Manual, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys. I'm serious, they will talk about the most obscure players on this planet. Potentially another planet. Like, dude's got a 4340 from Mars, like, I don't know, I, it's too much, I'm done. I'm gone this time. Like, don't bring it back in. Enjoy your podcast.